You're listening to Straight Talk and Randomness with a Pro. Welcome to episode 18 of Straight Talk and Randomness. This episode is all about fatherhood. Hey, Jay, welcome back to Straight Talk and Randomness. Hello, thanks for having me again. <laughs> Yes, as always, thanks for taking out the time to speak with me. i like to jump right into it, of course. Will you please share with my listeners, what was your relationship like with your father growing up? Oh, man, I'll do my best. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't meet my father until I was about five years old, I think. Uh, I remember being outside playing at my grandmother's house, and this guy pulls up in this, this white Thunderbird, I'll never forget. Uh, he pulls up and dressed pretty clean, you know, nice looking fella. And my grandma was like, come here, come here. I want somebody, I want you to meet somebody. I was like, okay. And she was like, this is, this is your dad. Blah, blah, blah. She told me his name. I was like, okay. So I guess at five years old, I didn't really know how to handle that situation or, or what it meant at that time. Uh, I guess shortly after that, my dad would start coming around more. Uh, he would pick me up on the weekends. And, uh, he got me involved in sports. Uh, baseball was my first sport. Played T-ball in Greenville, Mississippi, and he, that's where my dad was from. My dad actually played uh, professional fast pitch softball, so we would go to. I would go to a lot of his games, and I can't remember um, a lot of specifics about that time. There's not a lot of emotional connection. It's just kind of like a dad, you know, just picking up his son, keeping him for the weekend, dropping him all back home. You know, the first part of our relationship. Uh, as I got older, I, I, I began to kind of excel in sports so he would you know come around a lot more i would almost enjoy going with him because i, I look forward to playing baseball over there in greenville i think i spent a couple of summers with him this time it was a big transition because my dad was a i guess you would call a street guy at first mm. and then got into the church and became a pastor which he is today right uh, you can imagine how my perception of my dad changed over the years from being this guy who hung out with his boys drinking beer on the weekends and to being in church every time the doors open. And of course, I'm with him everywhere he goes. So I have to be in church with him as well, which I already was an avid church attender with my grandparents. Right. So I was kind of used to church, but I kind of I guess I kind of miss him playing ball and, you know, just hanging out. And, and so over the years, uh, when I got older, that's when our relationship kind of drifted apart because mm -hmm. I was not going to stay with him for the summer because I started playing baseball in my hometown and I preferred to play with my with my friends and my family members, my cousins, instead of going to play in Greenville with basically strangers, guys I didn't really know. I stopped going to spend the summers with him and heading into high school. Uh, uh, we didn't see much of each other. And uh, and that's kind of where we are today, even as an adult. My father and I, we don't we, we, we don't have the closest relationship, but we, we do keep in touch. We do support each other in whatever we're doing. Uh, he's still a pastor. He's still going strong. And, and um, I'm very proud of him. There's no resentment toward my father or anything like that. If I call on him, I'm sure he'll be there to answer if I need anything from him. But um, it's just, you know, being being a man, I was taught, you know, to by my grandfathers, my uncles, you know, you just kind of got to deal with the situation as, it, as it's presented. So I have my own family now. I have my own kids. So that's what I focus on. And, you know, my father and I, we, we kind of we speak here and there, communicate here and there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. Thank you for sharing that. What was your initial thought when you learned you were going to become a father for the first time to a little girl, Aaliyah? Man, when I tell you that was the uh, most amazing thing ever to happen to me. Uh, having Aaliyah, who's my oldest, she's 15. And the first time I saw it was just like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. uh, to be a father, you know, it, it gave me so much pride and so much responsibility. Uh, I was a little scared at first, but um, the family that I grew up in, we, we grew up around a lot of people. 
a lot of children, a lot of younger children. So I had experience as far as, you know, whether it was changing diapers or fixing bottles or putting babies to sleep and, uh, you know, just the basics. Uh, you know, I had experienced that with my family, just from little cousins and family members that, that came and went throughout my grandmother's house. So uh, I wasn't totally oblivious to caring for a child. So it was, it was definitely something that made me grow up instantly. You saw a change in the way you looked at life and just handled things in a different way. She kind of gave you, I, I would say, like a soft spot. I don't know if, if she changed the way I looked at life at that, at that moment, because I was mm-hmm. still 22. So I was young. So mm-hmm. I didn't have this, you know, life changing moment as far as my perspective on life. But as I look inward, to myself, I knew I had more responsibility. So I knew that my actions would uh, have a bearing on her life. So in that sense, I made sure I was very responsible, watch what I did around her, who I had around her, things like that. I was still doing what 22 year olds did back then. So it wasn't, I don't think that that was a moment where I matured, you know, as a, as a, as a, <laughs> maybe as a, as a person, but definitely as a, in that moment, uh, I took being a father seriously. I, I can put it like that. Okay, that's understood. So in the beginning, you described your relationship with your father and how you initially met at the age of five. Knowing that, who taught you how to be a father, although your father was not really present in your life full time? Uh, that's an interesting question because I never looked at it like that. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never, when I think about even being a man, I never thought about anyone teaching me, mm-hmm. but more so, I guess, maybe the examples that I had around me. Uh, and when it came to fatherhood, uh, I had a lot of uncles who had a lot of kids mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. But the thing that did stick out to me was that anytime they could have their kids, they had them. When we had family reunions, if it was grandma's birthday or grandpa's you know, banquet or whatever, like they had their kids. They, they made sure that their kids knew who their family was. They made sure that their kids grew up around their family members and their siblings. And I, and I took that as I grew up, I, took, I, I wanted that to be something that, that, uh, that held close to me. Um, so I didn't I didn't take the traditional route and get married and have a family. So mm-hmm. the lemons that I have is three children in three different places. So, you know, it takes a great effort to make sure that they spend time with each other mm-hmm. uh, and that they get to know each other. So that's something that I take that I also take pride in because that's something that I did see growing up. Financially taking care of your family was something that I saw my grandfather do. Uh, he worked, he worked, he worked, he worked, uh, never missed a meal. Right. Uh they ever recall likes, cable, nothing getting cut off. So, you know, obviously between him and my grandmother, they made sure that we had the necessities. Right. Right. I believe that parents are the first mentors when it comes to teaching their children how to teach others to treat them. With saying that, as a father, how are you displaying that level of instilling in your children? Uh, let me see. Well, I can I can use Aaliyah, for example, my oldest uh, growing up. I remember she was maybe fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I remember coming home from overseas and I surprised her, popped up on her at school one evening. She was coming home and my aunt would usually pick her up from school. And I was out there in the car and she, I, I'm parked and well, you know, I kind of park away from the, 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 the line. And so I see her running out of the building. She's running full speed. Now, I'm not sure if she's running because she thinks my aunt is waiting on her, but then I see this boy chasing her. Mm-hmm. And so I rolled down the window and I'm yelling, I'm like, Aaliyah, I'm over here, blah, blah, blah. So she runs to the car she's that this boy yeah, he, he pushed me down and blah, blah blah and i was like what and so i tell you what i say tomorrow i'm gonna come pick you up from school at the same time i said wait wait i say if he chases you tomorrow i want you to stop and i want you to kick him between his legs as hard as you can and i want you to take our run to get in the car mm-hmm. and she was like dad are you serious and i was like yeah she said but i'm gonna get in trouble 
I said, no, you're not. And so she said, okay. So the next day <laughs> I go to the, oh, God, to the school Jay. and I'm waiting outside and I'm hoping this boy is chasing my baby. And so <laughs> she comes out, she's running, she's running. Now, mind you, Aaliyah's now currently a little track star, so she's pretty fast. And so she's running, she's running. The boy's right behind me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm saying to myself, just stop, stop, stop running, stop running. <laughs> so she stops and he goes to like uh, kind of grab her arms and she kicked him and he fell on the ground and she took off running. And she got to the car. She said, Daddy, I did it, I did it. And we pull off. <laughs> and we pull off like Dukes of Hazard. And so I pull off blowing rocks everywhere and I, I speed off it. I'm giving her high fives. And, and, um, and so she said, what did he tell the principal? on me. And I said, if he tell the principal on you, you tell the principal to call me. But she went to school the next day. I, I had to leave, so I wasn't able to pick up the next day. Mm -hmm. But I talked to her when she got out of school. I said, did that boy chase you today? She said, no, sir. He did not chase me today. I said, he probably won't ever chase you again. <laughs> <laughs> so that story, just to go back to when you say, uh, you know, how people treat you. Yeah. I think that as a parent, we, we have to instill in our children that, that uh, their value, their worth, what they mean, yeah. because kids say things that they really don't understand the emotional baggage behind things that they're saying to other kids. They're just yeah. trying to be funny or playing or think it's funny or kids hold on to that and they grow up with it. And they, you know, when he called me ugly or, or he bullies me at that point, I wanted to live to know that you're, you're nobody's punching bag. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you be who you are. You be strong. You be tough. Even if it, it gets you in trouble, you stand up for yourself. Right. You know, even though she's older now, uh, we still have issues with her dealing with, I guess, her inner self-worth or however you want to call it with self-esteem issues. She doesn't do well with rejection or disappointment. So, you know, as a parent, that's something that I have to continually encourage her to get past and try to overcome and, and try to embrace our um, downfalls instead of letting it dictate how we live our lives. Because we're not, we're not going to always have the right answer. We're not going to always do the right thing. But how we come back from those situations, I think, kind of defines us. That is so true. And the fact that you're displaying that as a dad, trust me, I understand my dad in a different light now. Thank you for sharing that. What do you admire about your children? Oh, man. Um, probably the most is their persistence. Um, all of my children, when they want something, they are relentless. They don't stop until they get it. I, I'm very proud of all of them from Aaliyah. And I, and I speak more about Aaliyah because she's the oldest. So I've had the most experience with her. My, my two younger children are still in that growing stage. Uh, my son is at this point, he's learning his ABCs and his numbers and his colors. And he did something the other day that I didn't even know he could do. Mm -hmm. He's in the back seat and his iPad went dead. So he was, I guess he was a little bored. He literally counted from one to 100. I did not know he could do that. What? And it blew my mind because I know he can count to 20 uh -huh. because he does it all the time. And so when he started counting, I'm kind of counting with him, you know, not too loud because I'm kind of letting him lead the way. And we get to 20 and then he goes 21, 22. And I'm like, OK, OK, okay big boy, yeah. 30, 31. <laughs> and then he gets he gets all the way up to 70, 71, 72. I'm like, hold on. Then he says 99. And then he stops. And so I said, what comes after 99? He said 100. And I just oh, like wow. went crazy in the car. I was like, I'm putting around, giving it five. I'm like, this boy just got it to 100. Blew my mind. Because he can be so stubborn at times, because if you ask him to do something, he'll kind of shake you off. Uh, another little quick little funny thing. Uh, we went to my aunt's house. And so my aunt has this porcelain rooster mm -hmm. and she keeps like pins and little whatnots in it. It has a little hole in the top. He tried to pick it up. And because it's porcelain, I know if you drop it, it's going to break like glass. So I was like, OK, uh, you know, put that down. So he put it back down. Uh, she said, do you know what that is? And he didn't say anything. I said, what it is? Well, that's a chicken. He said, that's a rooster. And I looked at it and I said, 
that is a rooster. (laughs) 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 He was going to say chicken. These kids are are so advanced. And my six-year-old, she's smart. So she's even texting me now. You know, when you're talking to a six-year-old, it's like, how do I text back? I was like, well, she texts me, so I'm just going to text back like I would normally text. Uh And so she's responding back to me. And I'm like, that got to be her mama. No, that's her. She's texting. Like a full conversation. Six years old. Oh, wow. And it's mind blowing at times, and, and and I'm so proud. Their mothers and caregivers and yeah. grandmama, they do a good job with them, and yeah. I'm, you know, and I thank them so much because my kids are really in, in good hands when it comes to when it comes to that. So um, I call them cell phone babies, technology yeah. babies. What is fatherhood to you? Fatherhood is it's life. I think when you become a father, there's a lifestyle change that you have to make. Mm. Um, you know, you can't. You have to watch how you move, things that you say, because kids are like sponges. You know, uh, I I take pride in how I how I am with my kids. None of my kids can ever say they heard me curse around them. I'm sure I've yelled, but never in a you know derogatory. Uh, I'm never negative with my kids in a demeaning way, so to speak. Demeaning, right, right. right. You know, if I'm in one room and I'm yelling to Messiah to put, yeah, I can hear him doing something like Messiah. You know, like yelling like that. I'm a big guy. I, I never want to come off as this monster to my kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm scared of him. Like he yells and he screams and he's it's easy to traumatize a child when they're young and they get older you never know where that trauma comes from and they can't even explain it well you know i let your viewers know that i you know uh working on my master's in mental health right and we deal a lot with trauma uh childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and a lot of times these children grow up with these habits or fears or triggers and they don't remember because they were too young they don't remember where they come from Mm -hmm. but they have them for example, if a kid is two years old and you jump out of the closet and scare them and you may traumatize them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Now, when they get in, you wonder why they're afraid of the dark or they don't want to be around closed doors. Like, like, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't nobody knows that they can't explain it, but you scared the life out of them when they were two. And they've been holding on to that. That trigger is there. And. Mm-hmm. You know, and unless you can address the issue or identify it, it's hard to treat it. And so I try my best now that I'm taking these classes. I really, really go back and try to, you know, backtrack about my parenting style and be like, have I given my children any reasons to be traumatized by the things that I or the things that I've said? So a lot of times I have to go back and especially with Aaliyah because she's older. Mm-hmm. And she can kind of express herself a little better now. And so, you know, I ask her a lot of questions. Well, how did this affect you? How did that affect you? A lot of stuff she doesn't remember, but she'll share with me if, if things that I've done or I've said bothers her. Right. And so it helps me definitely to be a better father to my younger kids. Right. So if I made any mistakes with Leah, I can kind of correct them with Yanis and Messiah. So right. um, it's it's, I'm, it's still a learning process. Fatherhood is just it's a lifestyle. It's, it's something that you would never master. It's just something that you have to continue to work in. Right. Well, the things that you said, it just resonates in terms of the upbringing and, and childhood trauma, how parents speak to their children. I think most parents don't realize you're potentially raising, and I don't like to think of it this way because not everybody is meant to or have the desire for marriage, but most people always use this um, scenario. You're raising someone's husband or potentially someone's wife, but I look at it as you're raising a, a human being, learning how to communicate. Right. So when that child has trauma, um, like you said, being scared or the way that you talk to your right. child, it 
prevents them from being able to communicate as adults when they grow into adults. So when they get into relationships, they don't know how to convey or articulate their feelings when it comes to communicating with the opposite sex when they're in a relationship. A lot of people don't connect the two. If I were a parent, I know how I would raise my child or children if I desire to become a parent someday. So thanks for sharing that because that is so true. One one quick thing before we move. I, I just wanted to say this okay. because when we when we think about our own childhoods, we think about our parents and we think about how we were raised. Right. And we don't take into account that our parents even may have had childhood traumas right. that they're dealing with that they don't know about. Mm -hmm. So that affected how they raised us. So in a sense, it's kind of like you have to, at some point, break the cycle, right. if, so to speak. I'll use my brother, for example. My brother grew up. We have different fathers. His father was actually married to my mom. So they were all a family. Mm -hmm. My brother, my mom, and his dad were all living together as a family. And so when they got a divorce, that kind of affected my brother because his dad was way in Chicago. And we were in Mississippi, so he didn't get a chance to see him a lot. Right. right. So and then the way that his dad handled him, I guess my brother didn't. He wasn't a big fan of it or didn't like it or wasn't. And so as as he grew up, he grew up with this resentment for his father. You know, and I tell him now, I was like, do you even know how your father was raised? Do you know if he had some type of issues that he was dealing with? You can blame your father, but there may be a pattern that needs to be broken. And because at this point, if you have the knowledge, you can either hold on to that hurt or you can say, OK, let me break this with my children. Because when you, once you identify it, you can change it. Mm -hmm. If you can't identify it, then it's hard to change something. Right. But identifying something causes you to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know I'm not being the best father. I'm not spending as much time as I could. I'm not being as financially supportive as I can. You can say, that's my daddy fault because he didn't do that for me. Or you can say, let me make an adjustment in my life so my children won't grow up feeling the same way I felt about my dad. That's something that I push and I preach to my brother, M myself as well, because my dad wasn't around. But that didn't really, it, it's funny because it didn't really affect me. Uh, I, I never looked at a time where I thought, man, my dad, I, I wish I was with my dad. Because I had a lot of male, I had uncles, I had my grand, I, I, was, I was more into sports and hanging out with my friends. Like, I wouldn't really, like, I wasn't missing my dad. Never in my life have I ever said I miss my dad. And that's, I'm not saying it in a mean way. It's just, I never did. That experience of having men in your life. Right. So even today, like I say, I have no ill feelings toward my father at all. Never, not once. But I know, and I think about it, I say, well, maybe my dad was doing the best that he could. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's no reason. I'm an, I'm an adult. Uh, I have a career. I have children. So let me be better for my children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Our parents also have had traumatic situations. Absolutely. Our grandparents, That's our great grandparents, like all the way down the line, it's like until we recognize that there's a, an issue and we can address it, it's going to keep continuing. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So we have to have the the conversations yeah. based around you know childhood trauma and upbringing, and you and I have had those conversations right. outside of obviously this podcast. And you shed a lot of you know light in conversations that we have. The communication part, expressing how you feel in a healthy way. Right. Um, as far as the boundaries. Thank you. Um, what are the three top things you wish you knew before becoming a father? Um, I wish I knew how important time was. Mm. When I had Aaliyah, my first child, I was playing professional. Well, I was headed to start playing professional basketball overseas. So in my mind, as a father, all I'm thinking about is I have to take care of this little girl. Mm -hmm. And so that means that I need to go and I need to work and I need to make sure that she has everything she needs. Right. And I wasn't thinking about the time, right? 
And so as she got older, I'm still in this mindset of you got everything you want. You got, you know, the new shoes, you got uh, clothes, you got, you know, the toy, you got everything you want. You get to go on trips, uh, vacations. And I'm still not thinking about the time that's being lost mm. because I'm overseas eight, nine months. She and I had a conversation recently. She mentioned the way that I am with my son because he's with me all the time. Wow. When I was in the States, and you know this because we... We were in a relationship. We were dating right. then. Oh, yeah. oh, you know how... And I just want to make this clear. I want to make this clear to listeners. I met Jay when we were in college. So I met Aaliyah. She was, what, three months? Yes, Pretty so much, yeah. Jay and his his child's mom were not obviously not together because you know how people speculate. Right. I have to make that clear. <laughs> um, I was in, right. in Aaliyah's life for a few years. Yeah, so right. as a child. But go ahead. She mentioned the time that I spent with my son. So I had to let her know that, you know, I was like, Aaliyah, when you were his age or even I say for nine years, you were my only child. So when I was home, you were with me all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if I was in the gym, it didn't matter where I was, you were with me. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't remember that because that was so long ago all she remembers is what's happened lately this pandemic and we haven't been able to spend as much time together so that's bothering her of course i have a you know there's an explanation but she's a she's a kid so she doesn't really understand why we haven't been spending time together. and so no matter how much i try to explain it i have to think to myself well you know that's what she's longing for she's longing for that time as a father you want to provide but spending time with your children is right. is definitely a necessity it's something that i wish i had a, maybe taken more seriously or or even like i say just known how that emotional connection would would affect her down the line you know maybe i would have tried to take her overseas with me mm -hmm. at some point but you know like try to have her around more if i knew that it would affect her once she got to this you know high school 10th grade and she's right. having you know right. well i wish my dad spent more time with me and not so much that i feel bad because i know right. i did like i said about my dad i know i was doing the best i could and so she don't care about the you know all the stuff that that, that daddy can you buy me can you send me this can you you know, she that that that's not important to her. But as a man growing it's up, you think that's what's important. You know, yeah. But it's mm -hmm. really the time. So that's that's definitely number one. Outside of that, I've never had any issues with my kids' mom. So I've never been on child support, anything like that. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, probably just the time. I, I don't really. Uh, outside of that, everything else yeah. is kind of what I expected. But you're right. Children pay attention to the time that they mm -hmm. have and compare. How do you allow your son and daughters the space to be who they are? I just let them be who they are respectfully. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as they're being respectful, um, I let them be. My girls, uh, maybe I, I raise a little differently from my son. My son is more, I'm more hands-on or more directive towards him because with young boys, like you can't let them be just based on their own imagination, so to speak, because they're exposed to so much. Mm -hmm. I think that as a parent, we have to make sure that we step in and direct them in the right direction. Like for my son, you know, for example, instances on social media, I've, I've been in conversations where young boys, my son is three, playing with dolls. I've seen women, I don't see any problem with a three-year-old boy playing with a doll. Okay, well, if that's how you want to raise your child, then that's, that's you, but my son is not going to play with dolls. I say that because I don't want him to think that that's who he is, if that makes sense. I want him to be able to identify himself, right? You're a little boy, so you have to be able to learn about yourself first before you learn about something else, if that makes sense. So, uh, and that's another thing with the mental health thing is uh, children go through phases where they're trying to identify themselves. So if you don't give them the right tools to help them identify themselves, then they'll drift off into some other area trying to find out who they are. If Yan is here, 
and she brings dolls with her and uh, Messiah is here. I make sure that Messiah knows that, okay, those dolls are for girls because if they wanted to sell them to boys, when you go in the store, they would be in the boy section. They're in the girl section for a reason because they're sold to girls. This is what I know. The world is cruel. You can create this safe space for your child in your home and you can say, Okay, you can play with your dogs. You can walk around in heels because you're in your home. You're in your safe space. Nobody's here is going to judge you. But when you walk out of that door and your son goes to school and all of the little boys are playing with blocks and he wants to go and get a dog, they're going to ridicule your son. Then your son is going to have this emotional distress that he can't, he doesn't understand because when I'm at home, it's all good. Like, don't nobody treat me like this. But then when I go to school, my friends, they they talk about me. They he don't know how to deal with it. As a parent, it's our job to protect our children. You can't go to school and protect your child from bullying, from uh, somebody making fun of them. You can't. But what you're doing when you're at home and you're allowing your child to be something that is going to get them ridiculed out in the world because they have no defense mechanism against that. When your son goes out, just to, even if it's with his cousins or his friends, they go out to the park and everybody's riding bikes and want to play and your son want to go and play hopscotch with the girls, what do you think those other boys are going to say about your son? He doesn't understand why they don't, why they're talking about him. Because when you're at home, you tell him it's okay. I don't want my son or my daughters to go through that type of ridicule. It's my job as his father to make sure that he isn't put in that position. Nobody has to agree with that. That's just my perception of how I want to raise my son. Yeah, it you know makes sense. Right, your parenting right. style that you choose. Um, what right. your daughter plays with versus mm -hmm. the type of toys your son plays with. And I'll say this okay. quickly about my girls. Okay, so when you look at the, the, the science of it, girls don't find their identity until they're older, if that makes sense. Typically, most little girls are raised around their, their mothers, mm -hmm. right? And in our community, a, a lot of boys are raised around mm -hmm. their mothers. So you're going to take in what you see most of, right? And as a female, you're around your mother all the time. Uh, your mother relates to you. But for a little boy, when you, if your dad is not around, when you start having internal issues about your sexuality, about your identity, who do you go talk to? You don't go talk to nobody because your dad isn't around. So you hold on to that. And so I don't want my son to have to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? I want him to have all the questions about being a man. So I want to be there for him when it comes to knowing who he is. That's understood. I get exactly where you're going. But also for those that do allow their boys to play with dolls, I would say as far as the confusion goes, I feel that he's exploring, like you say. But they have action figures for boys and can dolls. They do make those just to put that out there. But I don't want to go into that whole spiel about that. I know exactly where you're coming from when you speak in those terms. I'm looking out for the well-being of your child. That's the protection mode, I would say, when it comes as a parent. Parent, although I'm not a parent. I know where you're coming from when you say that. Thanks for sharing. I want you to finish this for me before I conclude our conversation today. Finish this for me. Someday I'll tell my children that I was the greatest basketball player ever to live. No, someday, someday I will tell my children that they were the best thing in me. Uh, my children motivate me to get out of the bed every day. They motivate me to be the best person I can be. Uh, it's funny the way my life traje trajectory has gone. Um, you know, most people, they have a dream about what they want to do, what they want to be. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, you have to work a certain amount of time to get to whether it's a corporate job or 
owning your own business or, you know, traveling the world. Like most times you have to put in some work and right. you gotta, you know, and you know, usually you get your, your bins when you 40, 50 years old after you can save some money. Right. So for me, I lived my dream in the beginning of my adulthood. Mm -hmm. My dream was to play professional basketball. I wanted to do that more than anything in the world. And God blessed me to travel the world and to live out that dream for right, 13 years. Right. So now that I've lived that dream, I didn't have another dream. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the rest of my life is basically dedicated to my children. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and not to say that, you know, my children was well, my children at the time, of course, me playing ball and being able to support my children. It made me have this sense of pride about myself. But right. the rest of my life is really dedicated to uh, raising my kids and being there for them. Whatever they need, like that's what I'm here for. Uh, I'm, I'm in service to them. Uh, I'm in service to others. God has blessed me with what I wanted, so now I feel like it's I, I should be blessing others. And and I blessed people when I when I played ball. It wasn't you know I, I made my money and I was selfish or anything like that. I still did it, but right. at this point in my life, I just feel like my children are my purpose. Mm. I will tell them that they are the best thing that's in me. Aww. That's nice, Jay. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for taking the time, per usual, for having this conversation based around fathers. Just know, fathers, you are not forgotten out there. I know you all feel like it's a Mother's Day versus a Father's Day, but for all those... <laughs> For all of those that are out there, you're showing up. Trust me, that matters. As we mentioned, the time that you give and the effort, and you know that you have the heart to just keep going and being the best dad that you can possibly be. So you are appreciated and you are recognized today. So Well, thank you so much for having me. And just a quick just a quick word to your listeners. Uh, all of the mothers, uh, even though Father's Day is coming up, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, without women, I don't think that as a community, we survive. Our women are so strong and so powerful and they give us room to make mistakes that they can't make. And this father recognizes that. And I thank you just hanging there with us. And, you know, it, it's going to take time. But I think that how we raise our kids today affects the next generation. So hopefully I can raise a strong father in my son and strong mothers and my daughters. So thank you. In the words of Sigmund Freud, I quote, I cannot think of any need in childhood as strong as the need for a father's protection, end quote. I'd like to take the time to wish my dad, my grandfather, and most importantly, my heavenly father, Happy Father's Day. I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening to Straight Talking Randomness. I'm April. Until next time.